Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. Outer space, magnolia trees, and the inevitable heat death of the universe 
are just a few of the things that influenced Sister Species' latest album. Sister Species describe themselves as a chamber pop septet, and the Minneapolis-based band is led by singer, songwriter, and accordionist Emily Castrell. Today, I'm joined by Emily and Sister Species guitarist Willow Waters. The three of us met up over video chat from our prospective quarantined locations to talk about the many musical projects that Emily and Willow play in and how they blended their influences into Sister Species' upcoming album, Light Exchanges. Light Exchanges takes advantage of Sister Species' full instrumentation, from accordion to a three-piece trumpet section, and many of the songs reflect on how we interact with nature. Emily wrote these songs months before we knew that we would have to isolate ourselves, but the way that they focus on the beauty and stillness of connecting with nature speaks so pointedly to our current moment. Keep listening to hear a full conversation as Emily and Willow talk about how they're connecting with nature and each other despite social distancing. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast, Willow and Emily. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. How have you both been doing today and recently? I know there's been a lot going on. Today's been good. Spent a lot of time outside today in the sunshine. Pruning pruning some apple trees with my mom, which was nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been feeling... I mean, it's a really funny shift to have to go from, I think, being a musician and then my day job is as like a youth worker. So I work at a high school. So going from just seeing like dozens of people every day to pretty much only seeing my roommates has been an interesting shift. Um, but I mostly have felt really grateful for the people who I'm surrounded with and um, the stability that I have. And also kind of grateful for some lessons of this moment, like Maybe, you know, we could always do some meetings from home to accommodate people or like maybe we should free all prisoners now or just some things. I think that people are conversations people are having more um, urgently that I feel excited about. So I'm trying to find the the good parts of this weird time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good to find those silver linings. It's hard to do, you know, every day, but it's really good to notice like what are the things that this is revealing? What are the things that need to change? You know, what can we do collectively to make things better after this? Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So to get started, do both of you want to introduce yourselves? Maybe say your name, your pronouns if you want, and the musical projects that you play in, because I know you both kind of play in a number of different projects. Do you want to go first? Sure. Um, My name is Willow Waters. Um, I play in a lot of different groups. I play um, in my own project, Willow Waters and the Earth Tones. Um, I play guitar in both um, Sister Species and Still Unstill. I've been playing upright bass with the Floating Perspectives and um, Carlisle Evans Beck and the Lady Slippers. Play some trumpet with La Curandera and the Ritual. Some other groups I play with too, but those are the ones that are in the front of my mind right now. Mm -hmm. Nice. uh, My name is Emily Castrell. I go by she and they. And my main project is Sister Species, which is a chamber pop septet that Willow also plays in. Um, And I play accordion and write the songs and sing. And then I also play in a synth pop trio called Betazoid. Um, And then I sing Harmonies with Willow in her project. Um, And Willow and I actually met because we both like casually 
I well, I guess I casually play. I don't know, Willow. You can describe your own relationship to it. But we both play in a um, a radical marching band called Unlawful Assembly. That was how we first met each other. Was playing very different instruments. So I play cymbals mm-hmm. um, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I play sousaphone in that in that group. Mm-hmm. Um, been a little bit less connected with it as um, we've been trying to figure out how to do it at a distance and. It's mostly just been community meetings at this point, which I've been less less connected to. But um, yeah, I've been playing with that group for a while. Mm-hmm. And I forgot to say I use she, her, and the pronoun. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like both of you really have your fingers in a lot of different projects. You both are multi-instrumentalists, play a bunch of different instruments. Um, what were both of your introductions to music? Was there a point for both of you where you got really excited about wanting to play music or anything that inspired you kind of early on? Um, I can go. I feel really lucky. I grew up in a household where I had access to instruments and access to lessons. So like I took piano lessons as a kid and my dad's a piano player. So like I grew up with like a baby grand in the house, which um, was a real, just a real joy to have and to be able to clunk around on. Um, And then I inherited my aunt's accordion in high school so I think it was just like oh I have this I should this is cool (laughs) you know I should play Mm it um I think that my like songwriting or level of commitment towards music took off when I was living in Portland when I went to college and I met a lot of people there who played kind of like old folk songs and through learning um a lot of those songs that made me feel excited to write my own songs so yeah Mm -hmm. nice yeah, for me, um, I didn't really grow up in a musical family. I didn't really have, aside from an older cousin, didn't have very many people in my family who played music, but my parents did get a little upright piano for uh, my siblings and I to take piano lessons on when we were younger. Um, and yeah, I guess it was kind of a slow build. As time went on, I started to pick up more instruments. I joined orchestra and then switched to band and started learning new instruments and wanted to join jazz band. So I had to pick something different because I started with um, the baritone, which is not an instrument in jazz band. So I was kind of like forced to pick up more instruments to do the different ensembles I wanted to be in. Um, and then, yeah, just slowly over time, got more and more excited about it. And by, by high school, it was kind of like the main passion of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. For both of you, do you feel like being, you know, someone who plays a lot of instruments, does that change the way that you write songs or interact with music when you're playing, you know, just one instrument in a band? Yeah, it definitely varies quite a bit. Um, especially recently, I started trying to write some songs on piano, and that has kind of changed the perspective on how I go about writing songs and come up with chord progressions. Um, but most of my songwriting happens on, on guitar. Um, yeah I feel like it can be helpful just to like I don't know like all of my songwriting is very collaborative you know there's like seven of us in Sister Species or three of us in Betazoid and um, I think that knowing having kind of like a basic sense of how different instruments work or what different roles they can play can kind of help imagination work as we're fleshing out a song so like if I'm maybe I'm writing on piano but like I know to expect that there are going to be three trumpets playing and stuff like that so I feel like it um helps me to leave space for 
for other people. And also it's just a nice palate cleanser. Like I feel like if I get, I don't know, like tired or stuck with one instrument, it's nice to be able to be like, okay, okay, like playing the accordion this week sucks, but I just want to make like a noise bath on synth, you know? Mm-hmm. So that would be a, um, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good way to switch things up, get new inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I know that, yeah, you both have mentioned that you play in Sister Species together with five other members. Um, I know the group has gone through a couple lineup changes, but when did Sister Species first start playing together as a band? Yeah, so Sister Species started um, in 2011 um, as a duo um, and then sort of has like exploded and expanded from there. So I feel like I've been performing under that name for a long time. Um, the name comes from this biological concept for the two species that are most closely related while still being considered distinct species. So there's kind of a lot of songs about like being in relationship to others or like understanding our place in the natural world. I think that the the stability that the band has now, like there's been, I think that the most exciting change recently is that um, like Willow is playing guitar with us now, whereas in the past, um, my younger sibling, Abby was playing guitar and they're now doing baking full time. Um, but the rest of the band has been steady since 2015 and some of us sooner. So I feel like there's a lot of um, depth in all of those relationships. And I think because Willow and I have a deep relationship that like, yeah, adding Willow has felt like a very natural um, piece of depth and piece of comfort for the sister species family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When did you come on board, Willow? Was that, um, was that more recently? Yeah, I joined the group within the last the last year, and um, initially started learning the songs from the the last album that they had released that I wasn't on, and learned all those tunes. And then pretty quick, we started working on new music and started doing some songwriting and collaborating on on the songs myself. So mm-hmm. it's been a very exciting and fun process. Nice. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the new album that you all have coming up, Light Exchanges. Um, I know that's set to release sometime this spring, so congratulations on that, first of all. Thank you! I know it's a weird time to be like, oh, we're going to release it. Maybe not with person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is still exciting. Yeah. Yeah, what is it like kind of getting ready to put new music out into the world right now? I know it's a very particular time. So what does that feel like right now? You know, honestly, I have felt a small amount of relief because we were planning to do like a local release around the same time that we were going to do an internet release. And it actually takes like two very different brain pieces to promote those different things. Because with an internet release, I'll be like reaching out to different blogs and stuff like that and then locally you're trying to get press around bringing people to a specific show so honestly I'm for me personally even though I'm like sad to not have the show when we expect it I'm sort of like oh great well I can just focus on having like a successful internet release and then when it's time to have like a beautiful gathering with everyone I care about you know then that's that'll be time whenever that's time I think also just with this whole with like the entire process of making light exchanges, the vibe was why rush or like, please don't rush. Or I feel like if we ever tried to rush, there was something that was like, don't do it. So like we recorded four songs last summer and then we um, 
like recorded, I don't know, we just have kind of, we took it slow. We did these four songs and then we did two more and then we added some trumpet interludes and then we did some vocal overdubs and, you know, it just has kind of been like a meandering process. And um, I think that's, yeah, just given us a lot of space to like settle into the songs and to feel, um, yeah, feel good about everything. So I've been trying to think of the release the same way as like, well, what what's the rush? Once it's out, it's out. I mean, I'm I'm excited to share it. I've been definitely been like sneaking friends links and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, but no rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Like you said, it it you know creates those opportunities to find some silver linings, and maybe that means being a little bit more creative with it. But it could give you time to focus on the other things, like online, you know, release schedules and stuff that maybe you wouldn't get as much attention otherwise. Totally. And like one of my, I have an amazing roommate who does, she's a teacher and just started doing like funny stop motion animation for her students. And like, maybe she's going to make a little music video now, or I I don't know. I feel like in this moment, I'm like, oh, maybe this is time for me to like reach out to people who I've wanted to collaborate with, who are visual artists and who have time on their hands right now, you know? So I feel like there's some, that's another like bonus to this weird time. Yeah, for sure. I feel like even though obviously we're social distancing, you know, there's a stay at home order right now, we can't go out and create those connections in person. I feel like this has been a great opportunity, like for me personally, to reach out to people that I normally don't talk to as much and really create those connections in like more meaningful ways. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, I know you said it was kind of a long process of putting together the songs for this album. You took your time. Um, Were there any things in particular that you were thinking about when you were writing the songs for Light Exchanges? Um, Any kind of moods or influences that were inspiring the sounds of this album? Yeah, so I've kind of been, I suppose with how it's like um, matured, how I've been imagining the song is... Um, like each of the songs are these different planets that the listener gets to go to. And then these, the trumpet trio, which like does these improvised um, interludes between the songs is like kind of like an alien spirit counterpoint or something that's like guiding us between the different planets. Um, But I think that some of the themes that came up were about like being present, which I think can be a very cheesy phrase, but to me, what happens in the album is sort of this process of going from like this really broad concept, like the record starts with the inevitable heat death of the universe, which is basically as far ahead as we can possibly imagine. <laughs> and then by the, like the last song of the album is about the cottonwood trees and the June breeze, which is a very of this moment or like a very, um, I don't know, like a very earthly sensation. So I guess it, to me, there's sort of some themes of outer space and earth. Um, and I think all the different songs um, kind of have different moments of time or of seasons that um, reflect different feelings in it. To me, it's also a lot of songs that like, I've been describing them as not quite love songs where you're like, was that a love song? Like, I don't know. It's not, you, like, you said that you were all in, but like you also said some weird stuff, you know? <laughs> so um there's like a, yeah, maybe obtuse love songs might be a way to describe it. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of the songs also are just like um, advice or processing with myself and whatever, whatever way that is kind of different depending on each song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense right now hearing you say that, like, you know, kind of, is this a love song description? Because definitely when I was listening to the album, I was like, okay, there are some themes of like relationships are obviously pretty central to this, but you kind of, I feel like, use a lot of like poetry and kind of leave things maybe intentionally vague a little bit or more metaphorical rather than getting into the real like nitty gritty of this is exactly what the song is about. It's a little more poetic than that. But it was also cool hearing you talk about kind of the outer space influences. Um, I feel like there are kind of two parts of more like scientific ways of looking at things on this album. Um, I feel like Mm -hmm. there's that lens and then also kind of the more poetic and um, like descriptive or metaphorical lens were those kind of like things that you were thinking about when writing the lyrics for these songs totally yeah and I think kind of similar to our name sister species like my the lens that I approach the world is very like biologically informed it's very um gardener informed uh so that's yeah what the I feel like when I'm trying to explain something like the natural world is the immediate place that I go to to find metaphor um and yeah, I think, you know, I yeah often think of like layering an emotional terrain onto um, some kind of natural or scientific terrain. So it's you're like, oh, are you talking about the cottonwood trees? Or are you talking about like how super sad you are? <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, and I think that I mean, I respect that a lot of songwriters like writing more direct songs. Um, I feel like that's a kind of a theme that I hear often right now is people being really literal or like um yeah really direct with their songwriting which I respect and it's just not my approach I think I like leaving well first of all I'm just a little private I mean I don't mind sharing about myself but I most of the things that happen in my life aren't really um random people's business you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like I would rather um yeah I don't know I'd yeah I'd rather write a song that's like hold me here like a hammer than you know like uh, I don't know, whatever, than whatever it's actually about. You know what I mean? It's like it's, and that also gives other people space for it to mean something else to them. Like if I was just writing songs for myself, maybe they'd be like, I went on the walk with my partner and I got kind of annoyed about something dumb, you know, but like, I don't know. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. Think anyone else needs to hear that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lets you kind of be more creative with it rather than just saying like, okay, I'm going to have this be super autobiographical. You can like take more agency as a songwriter and crafting a story how you want it to and kind of letting it say as many different things as you want it to. Um, I think Heat Death is a really awesome example of that. Um, I love that single. And um, yeah, it seems like it, it's the first song on the album, so it kind of hits you right off the bat. Um, has kind of relationship vibes of, like you said, the line, hold me here, but also is about the end of the universe. And so a lot of different stuff going on in there. Um, What were you thinking about when you were writing that song specifically? Yeah, I mean, I really was thinking about the inevitable heat death of the universe. I feel like often in moments where I'm feeling really present or really held, like, I can't help but think about the inevitable heat death of the universe. Or you're like, oh, we're we're spooning right now and it's so beautiful and peaceful, but like on some deep level, I'm thinking about like this, like, I don't know, the end of space and time in this universe. Um, yeah, it was definitely a winter song. Um, a lot of the lyrics, I, it's sort of, so like some songs come out, 
like I think many songwriters have this experience where you write a song and it just all comes out at once. And this wasn't really that kind of song. I had like saved the melody in my phone as like a voice memo that was just like da 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 and then like didn't look at it for maybe half a year. Um and then looked at it again and I'd written a poem um last January, I suppose, about like feeling like an astronaut in space when I walked outside. Um and so that's where uh that's where the first verse came from. The cold is the ultimate absence, shockingly measurable. Another piece of what was happening on this album is me, because in the past records, like I was sharing songwriting duties with my sibling who was also writing songs. I think I wanted to um like stretch myself a little more on this. So, you know, you're seeing a like a pop song like Heat Death and then like a drone song like Cottonwood. Um so my I had this intention that instead of having to like look for um depth or contrast between two songwriters that I could just show my own depth and my own contrast. Um so part of that also was like wanting my band not to all quit. <laughs> like wanting them to like wanting them to believe that I was going to write like really great songs that they were going to keep wanting to play. Um and a while ago, maybe 5 years ago now on tour, Sten who's one of the trumpet players in my band was like one of the first people who had told me about the concept of the inevitable heat death of the universe. I like didn't know about it and we were on this sort of like dystopic weekend tour. It's kind of a long story, but we like I I don't know, we were in Madison walking around the block like before our set or after our set and talking about that concept and uh yeah, I I feel like this song was a little bit of a gift to Sten of like, okay, okay, here's a song. I'm going to make it catchy cuz like you're the most obsessed with catchy songs, but it's going to be about this like very dirty thing. So mm-hmm. was that coherent? Sorry, I was yeah. <laughs> okay, great. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> awesome. Also, I just feel like I should plug that Willow and I are both Geminis and I feel like there's like a strong Gemini thread on this album or just a, you know, I feel like in my desire to be like, no, I'm dynamic. Like I'm multiple or there's these different facets. I feel like that's something that both um, Willow and I connect on and bring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this album is really dynamic, you know, musically, like you said, it, you know, has more poppy songs like Heat Death. It ends with this very droney, long, more um, improvised song at the end. Um, it has these trumpet interludes. Um, what is that songwriting process once you kind of have a song, um, you know, maybe sketched out, Um, what is that like kind of bringing it from start to finish and maybe Willow, you can speak to this as, you know, a member of the band. Um, what does that look like, um, to kind of flesh out a song? Sure. I can speak a little bit to that. I feel like from my perspective, it's very, I feel like I'm given a lot of freedom to explore and discover what sounds are exciting to me. Um, and I have a lot of room to, to kind of play with, with the songs and, just discover what's what's exciting to play um, and don't feel like I have a lot of like restriction from Emily or anybody else in the group to like do a specific thing. At the same time, I, I'm always trying to listen to like what the song is about, what it's trying to say and, you know, reflect that and be a part of that. Um, but yeah, whenever a song is written, it'll come to the band and we'll all listen to it. We'll all um, kind of think about it for a while and, try a few ideas, maybe just like run through it as a group and 
all improvise our way through it. Um, sometimes it's a slow, slow churn development. Sometimes it comes together quickly. Kind of depends on the song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I was just going to add that there's like a very strong let's try it attitude with the band. Or I feel like if we're not, if someone's like, well, do you think we should do option A or option B? Like we're going to try both and see how it, see what we um, land with. And I think also we're often drawn to like, I don't know, to like accidents or surprise moments or sometimes someone's noodling and you're like, wait, wait, wait. Like, what was that noodle? That noodle was tasty, you know? Um, but I try to bring the songs like mostly fleshed out, at least as far as like, like the general structure is usually in place by the time they're brought to the band. Um, but then like maybe a part will get lengthened or shortened and like the groove is something that we very much um, find together. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I bet it's always fun to kind of have those improvised moments Um you know, you get new ideas from that. Is that how those trumpet interludes kind of came about? Yeah, the trumpet interludes are totally improvised. So when we perform live, uh, we started doing this maybe, you know, maybe a year and a half ago too. I don't really remember when we started, but um, we, in between songs, I got sick of like, I don't know, like chatting or like tuning. It's kind of a, I think it's a moment that many musicians have different approaches to. But we were like, okay, okay, what if we treat this more like a seamless, like theatrical piece and the trumpets play an interlude between each of the songs um, and to keep it fun for everybody, um, it's always an improvised interlude. So um, yeah, so we've been doing it live for a while. So we went, when we were at uh, the studio at the Hideaway um, recording with Jason McGlone, I basically like, we've talked about like where what chords different songs were ending on and where the next song on the record would start. So there'd be some like arc to the trumpet interludes. And then I honestly just gave like really weird cues, like, um, I don't know, waterfall in space, tiny droplet on soft pedal. Like I just like was totally making stuff up. And then the trumpet players were um, exploring from there. So we, I think we recorded like, 10 or something different um trumpet parties as we like to call them trumpet pretty um and then landed on these four as the ones that felt um yeah i don't know just like the best emotional counterpoints to the songs and then after we had that um we put them through some cool effects <laughs> as any good musician does in the studio mm -hmm. we were like jason what do we what do you got for this one? Ooh, the tape one cool <laughs> you know that kind of was the nice idea cool yeah that's fun that it gets to be kind yeah. of this like palette cleanser or just a little like meditation mm -hmm. moment in between songs to like give you some space to maybe reflect on what you just heard or get ready for the next thing yeah, that definitely was the intent. So I'm glad that was communicated. I mean, we're all like, you know, I mean, you just heard like the whatever five bands that Willow and I each play in. And then if you take the other five people in our band, they also play in so many different kinds of projects, some of which are really um, out there. Um, so, yeah, I think we wanted to, um, I don't know, to kind of leave space for for some weird stuff and yeah, I'm glad to hear other people like it, though, because I like it. And I think that's obviously when I'm making a record, I want to like it. But it's nice to hear that other people also enjoy listening to it. So hopefully it's like a, a healthy stretch. Yeah. 
yeah, it's cool to hear all those other influences um, because yeah, you are bringing in so many different members with seven different people and all of their projects that they play in. So it's really cool to hear all of those different, you know, all influences and facets of your sound. Mm -hmm. Thanks. It's fun. Fun for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, I know a lot of these songs you were saying they're inspired kind of by nature and the outdoors. Um, And I know both of you are kind of inspired by nature in your individual projects as well. Um, How has your relationship with nature changed in these past few weeks? I know with social distancing and it's been weird. Um, Has that changed how you think about like any of the ideas on this song or music in general? Mm. I can speak to that a little bit. Um, I've definitely taken this moment of social distancing to like remember that we have relationships with more than just humans and I've been taking lots of really long walks and been saying hello to the trees, you know, talking to all the squirrels I pass and just trying to deepen those more than human connections and remember that, yeah, we might be forced to be more distant from certain relationships, but they're not the only relationships we have. So in a way, this moment has really uh, reinvigorated my like passion for connecting with the more than human world and has felt really beautiful in that way. Mm-hmm. I've been able to go on hikes to places I've never walked before. Like I've been to Reservoir Woods twice, which is in Roseville and Kaposha Park, which is like somewhere in St. Paul. And um, I also just have been, I live in Powderhorn and I've been walking in Powderhorn almost every day. And I just had this feeling of like, oh my God, I can actually watch the season change. I think like spring especially can feel so uh, hectic. When I think of springtime, I just think of like, oh my God, winter's over. Like, ah, there's this like real, I don't know, like heavy, fiery, wild energy. And it's really interesting to be like, oh, what if it's not like that? Um, So I've been enjoying just slowly observing stuff. And yeah, or like my nettles are up in the yard and my garlic's up. And like today, my daffodil, um, whatever's. (laughs) <laughs> the leaves <laughs> daffodil leaves are big <laughs> and like on my neighbor's street I noticed some daffodils that were blooming today so I saw a skunk cabbage at nine mile park I don't know there's just a lot of exciting things happening um and yeah and I've seen a bunch of woodpeckers I don't know it's just been nice to notice stuff that um I wouldn't necessarily have noticed and I think that that also kind of speaks to on the record there's a strong feeling of noticing or you know I think that's that like in uh I'm thinking of like magnolia buds which I wrote last year when I was in New York City visiting some friends and the magnolias were in bloom there which was like sooner than our spring and really beautiful and just like looking to I think there's something really stabilizing about like watching that the world continues and you're not the center of it you know kind of like how Willow said that like we can have relationships with things that aren't humans and also, like, yeah, it's helpful for me to remember that we're not the only story being told. Or, like, magnolias don't care how you feel. And, like, the cottonwood trees don't care that you're sad. And they're there for you to be with, you know, and whatever you're feeling. Um, but they don't. I mean, maybe they care and I don't realize it. But my sense is that they're just going to keep, um, yeah, living their lives. And it's just, yeah, going to look different to you in whatever emotional state you're in. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I feel like that's been another interesting side effect of, you know, this whole situation is the more people are staying indoors and things are being closed, the more we're kind of helping our environments by Mm. putting less CO2 in the world um, and kind of, yeah, giving nature more space to do what it wants to do naturally. Um, Yeah, I've been taking a lot of walks as well. I've seen more wildlife than I've seen in like basically all of my time living in Minnesota. I've seen a muskrat. I saw two bald eagles. Nice. Yeah. Which I had never seen anywhere before in Minnesota. So yeah, I feel like it's been really nice to just be more mindful of that and see all my neighbors who aren't people. Right. And wear them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My roommate made the point that some, a big cause of bird death is that birds can't hear each other's calls because of all the sound pollution and that when there's less sound pollution that um that birds survive more and that i've been really thinking about uh yeah about the bird calls also just frankly feeling lucky that um this moment of distance is happening during the spring i mean i'm sure that we all would find yeah like creative ways to um, survive and thrive and organize and et cetera, if it was winter or fall or whatever, but there's something really, um, yeah, that feels like particularly sweet about it being springtime. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time to reflect. It's, you know, change of the season. So I feel like it's appropriate that it's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like we should talk about how there's a song on the album with the line, put your hands in my face. Do you think we should talk yeah. about that? I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> I think we should. I noticed in a number of songs, like physical touch is something that's really important on this album too. How is that like influencing how you feel right now? Yeah. Well, I just have been, th- I don't know. I just, I guess I've been thinking about it. I've mostly just been singing that song to myself a lot. And like at first, like we got the record mastered, like maybe, two, I don't know, a couple days before um social distancing started to be a thing and definitely I think and like right around the time when everyone was like god you gotta wash your hands and I was like oh my god I wrote a song that says put your hands on my face like what (laughs) maybe like no one's gonna be able to listen to it but actually as time um has gone on yeah I'm just like remembering the like sweetness and sacredness of touch and that um I think the big thing I'm sitting with right now is that like you know, it's good to like uh, hunker down and find ways to survive through this time. And also like we're human beings and the ultimate goal is to be able to touch each other again. And, you know, or like like right before this happened, I went to like a friend's packed show at the, in the tiny room at the Eagles Club. And they were like, whatever capacity of that room is, I don't know, 50 maybe. But like we were packed into that tiny room. And to me, that's sacred too. Like being like shoulder to shoulder with a mix of friends and strangers at a show is sacred. And, I think that there's so many like sacred things that people do that involve touching that, um, yeah, like I don't like, don't get too used to it, I guess is the thing I've been like uh, trying to remind myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know everyone's been saying like, when this is all over, like I need to go to like a crazy rave with like 3000 people and just, you know, be in a room packed with a bunch of people. Um, Cause yeah, I feel like we've all been feeling those impacts really deeply of not, not having that physical touch and with music too, you know, we're losing all of those physical spaces of bringing music and kind of experiencing that collectively in the same room at the same moment together. Um, what are some of the ways that the two of you have been 
kind of making up for that loss um, of kind of that physical aspect of music? Well, I'm definitely kind of a hermit already. So I've been in a way kind of thriving on all the personal space that I've had. I've been able to put a lot of energy into songwriting and music practice and been able to kind of fill a lot of my needs. Um, but that said, it is, you know, it's different to not be able to see people entirely than seeing people rarely. Um, and starting to wear, it was starting to wear on me a little bit last week, um, but then my parents decided to come back from a trip a couple days early or a few days early. Um, so they've been around this week and it's been, it's been really nice to have people to talk to, connect with directly. Um, but yeah, most of my uh, tactics for, you know, filling my, filling my needs are kind of the same anyway. Yeah, I feel like I've been, there are times where I've felt like missing, I've been trying not to succumb too deeply to the missing because it just feels, I don't know, yeah, it feels almost like too deep if you really let yourself think about it. Um, I did my first like Instagram live show, which <laughs> I don't know. I was like, why is everyone doing this? I don't know. Um, but it was an overall positive experience. I did it as like a little benefit for the Seward Cafe. So shout out to the Seward. Um, and it was, it was like more fun than I thought it would be, you know, cause people can like comment with nice emojis. And also it was really weird just cause you can't like read the room at all. Or you're like, was that funny? Like, do you guys like this? Um, so yeah, I think doing it and be like, okay, okay. I could do a couple more Instagram live shows for fun. And uh, I would never want this to be my career, <laughs> yep. but cool that it exists. And like, maybe I'll think about live streaming future shows so that people who can't go can watch them. You know what I mean? I thought like there's like some, mm -hmm. my hope is that, yeah, that we'll get better at these tools so that, um, music can be more accessible in the future. That part feels exciting to me, mm -hmm. but yeah. And I think, I don't know. It's interesting. I've been, uh appreciating a lot of friendly reminders that like you don't have to be productive right now i know especially when this first happened like my amygdala and i think so many people's amygdalas were so just like was so activated so like you know like everyone's in like fight flight freeze and it's pretty hard to be creative when you're in that space so i have like a roommate who sometimes we like to like make um drone music together for fun so we like droned and made up some songs and like that felt good and just yesterday or two days ago maybe I like wrote a song but it took I was sort of like I don't know maybe I won't write new songs during this time it seems hard and I think I just like relaxed enough into my space that it felt good but yeah I have three roommates which has been amazing during this time um and most of the time they're like very thoughtful creative people that I like spending time with and feel like taking care of each other and cooking for each other and also when I just want to like play piano and yell I'm sort of like is that cool <laughs> so mm -hmm. they have all said it's cool and are very sweet and accommodating but it just takes a little uh yeah just takes a little getting used to so mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I think that's a really great reminder that right now we have more free time but that doesn't have to be productive free time. Right. Um especially, you know, for people who are creative people and songwriters and, you know, there's a lot of pressure to be like, "Oh yeah, now I have all this free time to like make more music and do that stuff." And like that 
does not have to be anyone's top priority right now. And that is okay. Like it should be something that's fun and healing and a positive addition to your life right now, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something that you're like measuring your productivity or like your worth for the day over. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Hard, hard. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know Willow, I know you put out a solo single, um, pretty recently, Um, how did that come together and what was your inspiration behind recording something in quarantine? Yeah. Um, well, it was kind of spontaneous. Um, I had written the song, one of the faster songs I've written. Usually I stew on a song for a really long time before I consider it done. But, um, I was traveling with my brother, um, in South America not too long ago in January and, um, wrote some, wrote some lyrics on the uh, plane ride back and short after, shortly after getting back, kind of completed the song, wrote some chords that I thought worked well with it and kind of came together and was planning on recording it later with my band, The Earth Tones, and I'm still planning on doing that, but um, was just kind of playing it a lot and stewing with it and decided I wanted to just make a little, make a little video and record myself playing it. Um, and then after recording it, it's like, oh, maybe I'll add another guitar part. Oh, maybe I'll add some upright bass. Oh, maybe I'll add some percussion. And then slowly it kind of turned into an actual complete song. Mm-hmm. And was excited enough about it. And was like, oh, there's no reason I shouldn't release this. And just decided to put it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, yeah, kind of spontaneous. Kind of came together quickly of its own accord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's been one of the kind of benefits of this time too is that, you know, people are kind of forced to use what they have. And if you want to record a song, you're kind of limited by what you have at home and what you can access without seeing other people. So I feel like that also gives people more freedom to put stuff out there that they might not before have thought was like finished or, you know, do things that they wouldn't have done normally and like think outside the box. Mm-hmm. For sure, especially after recording this, the last album I released um, last year, um, working with Jason McGlone, who also did the Sister Species projects, um, just like realizing how exciting it is to like record stuff in you know a really quality studio with a really great sound technician. Um, just like starting to think that that's how I wanted to do all my music, but then yeah, this one came together pretty well on my own. Decided might as well. Yeah. Yeah. Let's you switch it up. Um, yeah. And maybe we'll change, you know, your perspective on how you record things in the future even. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, both of you for joining me today and telling me about your musical projects, how you've been doing all of that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time and yeah, make it, I appreciate the, schedule or reschedule on the zooming thank you for zooming of course yeah we're all figuring it out i feel like this is yeah made me a little bit better at technology so yes <laughs> working with it awesome i also yeah. i feel like i should also plug but i made these little um prints that say sound is touch at a distance and have a little accordion on them Cute. Yeah, that's sure. awesome I also, as like a closing question, like to ask my podcast guests um, if they want to give a shout out to anyone. 
It could be someone you know. It could be someone you don't know and you look up to. Anyone who you want to plug, who you think is cool and or are grateful for or who you think that people should know about. I can go first. Um, I'm going to plug uh, Carlisle Evans Beck. I've been playing music with Carlisle for many years. And um, this past year, joined his newest newest incarnation of his band, the Lady Slippers, um, playing upright bass. And I've just been super inspired by, yeah, his passion and creativity. He's truly a, a musical force. And yeah, that would be my, my number one pick these days. Mm-hmm. Nice. That is a great plug. Um, I want to plug, I really love Ice Blink's new album, um, Lynn Avery's project, Ice Blink. She writes like really beautiful guitar music with also some saxophone and other stuff. It's just like really dreamy and soothing and sounds really good with headphones on. Um, yeah. And also, um, Adeline Rose, Addie Stry just released a new record that's really good. Be my other plug. I don't know. There's so many. I mean, I feel like even if you're just talking local bands, it just spirals really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, there's the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, we're lucky. We're really lucky. Mm-hmm. We are lucky. Yeah, I feel lucky to you know be in Minneapolis and like have this time to to connect with more people and focus on writing and just highlight all these awesome local bands. So we're in a good place. Sister Species album, Light Exchanges, is scheduled to release on May 22nd. You can pre-order the album at sisterspecies.bandcamp.com. You'll find two of the album's singles already up, including the song you're listening to now, Cottonwood trees. The summer snow in the cottonwood trees. You can find Willow Waters solo music and hear her latest single, Molecule Menagerie, at willowwaters.bandcamp.com. The Pass the Mic podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean, and you can keep up with everything Pass the Mic at pass-the-mic.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.
Thank you.